welcome to Epiphany Fellowship's podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message and will allow the Word of God to dwell in you richly. Let me uh, first... Say thank you to the worship team, even though, yeah, yeah. Um, We we all know that uh, COVID is still real out here, and um, some of us have decided to go ahead and get shots and shots and boosters and more shots, and and so uh, uh, Josh Schaefer, Naomi's husband, got the booster. He, he was out for a few days. And so that's why we ain't had no drummer today. But I, I think it was good to be really reflective today. We was reflective and I believe God was glorified. Thank you, Nay, uh, for leading us today. We appreciate you. We honor you. Thank you. And, and then to uh, somebody who I call brother, um, David Hackley. Man, I love you and appreciate you. Dave has filled in for us uh, for half of the year. He came in around July, June. We were talking in June, came around July. And he's been helping us get some things going uh, in the worship team. But this is his last time with us being a part of us. Um, now listen, now he, he's still family, so y'all going to see him. Um, but God has amazing things in store for him, and we appreciate your time. Can we give it up for Dave Hackley, please? Yeah. Uh, brilliant mind, uh, not only in music, uh, but the man um, lives out the word of God, and I appreciate that uh, so much. Um, whew, now... I got to get through this sermon. Now, now um, it's going to be a lot for me today. This week has been a lot. Um, Pastor Mark got up here and he started crying. I was like, come on, bro. You can't, you can't do that, man. You can't do that. You got to, I got to get through. I got to preach, man. I got, you know. Um, um, but, but this week has been a lot. And uh, I pray that the Lord um, gives me clarity um, to be able to speak um, what he has given to me and has changed in me first. Um, so um, I'm, I'm going to, since, since it's like a somber Sunday, I'm, I'm going to read in your hearing the text we're in today. It's Luke chapter 2. So grab your copy of God's Word. Meet me in Luke, the second chapter. And we're going to be doing verses 8 to 14. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. What's interesting is when um, they asked, uh, well, when I got here uh, as an intern uh, almost six years ago, um, they gave this little guy an opportunity to preach. And this was the first text I've ever preached here at Epiphany Fellowship. So uh, hopefully I can make up for the, for the bad sermon I preached then. Um, anyhow, I'm getting a little feedback. Um, But this is what it says, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 
to 14. In the same region, the shepherds were staying out uh, in the fields and keeping watch at night over the flock. Then the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Verse 10, but the angel said to them, don't be afraid. For look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the city of David, a savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angels praising God and saying, what we just sung just a few minutes, glory to God in the highest, the highest heavens and peace on earth to the people he favors. In our Advent series, you're still in, uh, we, we've, been, we've been wrecked. We've been blessed by Pastor Kurt just destroying the first two. I mean, how can you follow up something like that? How you do that is you be faithful to God's word. I guarantee you he'll do it. But we, we, we first see hope. Um, that darkness doesn't last always. There's a hope. But then there's also preparation for that hope to get here. And today I have been charged to talk about joy. I've been charged. Oof. Hmm. been charged to talk about joy. I want to talk from this topic. It's not what I expected. It's not what I expected. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We honor you for being Lord over everything. Your Lord, who is always in control. You are a God who is not surprised by anything. You're not shaken by anything. You're a God who is also with us. You are not far. You're not far. Uh, you're not distant from your people. You actually dwell with your people. And so, Lord, I pray now that you would be with me as I, procla I proclaim the excellencies of your greatness. As I walk through what has already been a beautiful reminder to us already, just reading the text is, is enough, but Lord, I pray that you give me clarity, give me concision, give me conviction of heart to tell the truth, the whole truth, because we know the truth sets people free, and we want to be free today. We pray these things in Jesus' precious name, and every glad heart said, amen. amen. Um, in life, we all experience disappointment. Can I go down a list of some of the disappointments? Now listen, I wasn't, it, it hasn't been that long since I preached, so you already know how I am. I'm very Baptist, <laughs> so you got to talk back to me, okay? 
That's, here's, here's another thing. That's also how the sermon goes a little bit faster, too. If you, if you talk back to me, I, I promise it'll go, it'll go a little bit faster. Y'all want to get out here. It's, it's, uh, listen, this is the, the sermon before Christmas, so I'm going to preach it and get out y'all way so y'all can finish y'all, y'all shopping. But, but, but we all experience disappointment. Here, here are some marriage issues. Some of us are disappointed when we get past the honeymoon and there's toothpaste all over the sink. The toilet seat has been left up once too many times. You don't clean the glass the way I do. I do circles. You can't just go smearing stuff. Here's another one, health complications. Job loss. Death. The pandemic. Here's what I think we all can kind of join in on. Unmet expectations. You expect it to go one way and it happens another. We all experience disappointment. And then all these things lead us to say, it's not what I expected. Is there anybody here who can say, it's not what I expected? For, for just a second, you, you, you can be honest with me and, and, and honest with your neighbor. You ain't got to touch nobody. You ain't got to talk to them. Just be honest and say, it's not what I expected. And if you won't testify, I will. I'm tired. I'm stressed. I'm, there's no rest. There's some type of depression. There, listen, I don't see it the way I thought it would be. It, it, it's, it's not what I expected. And, and here's, here's something else that, that might, might uh, shake you up a little bit. We get to a text, and what we see in the text is the same thing. It's not what we expected. Well, let, let, me, let, me show you, let me show you how it's not what, what, what we expected. It's not what even they expected in, in the time. Watch this. The angel Gabriel comes to Zechariah and, and, and Elizabeth and says, I know y'all can't conceive, but y'all having a child. What? My, my expectation now, because I could not give birth, was I ain't going to have a child. But it, it happens to say, it, the, angel came, the angel of the Lord came to them and said, you're going to have a child. The expectation is different, right? All right let, let, let me, let's, let's, let's see if that, that didn't get you. Here, here's another one. The angel Gabriel also goes to Mary and says, you're going to have a child too, but you aren't going to know Joseph. Huh? One, one, one more, one, one more. There's a decree that goes out that sends Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem. You have to understand how it was working. They should not have landed there, but God so wisely and, and intricately 
made things happen that were unexpected to get them to a place where we find ourselves in our text. Where, where, where do we find ourselves? We find ourselves in verse 8. It says that Jesus is born before, but verse 8 says, in the same region, the shepherds were standing out in the field, keeping watch at night over their flock. They were minding their business, working the night shift. <laughs> when suddenly, verse 9, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. I, I, uh, I, I was talking to my mom yesterday, and, and we were talking about um, the passage, and she said, oh, that's, she started quoting it in King James, and then she always says, oh, I don't know it in the ESV or the CSV, and I was like, I like the King James, it's okay. But, but then she, she told me, and I forgot this was, this was in, um, um, what is the movie? Um, Charlie, uh, Char Charlie Brown, right? That he, he gets up there and he, they're asking, what's the meaning of Christmas? And he gets up there and he does his speech. He says, he lays it out. He said, in the same region, there were angels. And he just goes for it. This, 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 is, this is beautiful because watch this. It, here, it, it, what we see is that the, that the, the shepherds are out in the field they're minding their business, just keeping watch of, of the flock, and, and suddenly there is an angel that appears to them? Now, now I'm, I'm going to rush to it. God, God decides to reveal himself to lowly people. The shepherds in that day were not ones of stature, power, or, or even rule. They, they, they were despised, actually. They were considered unreliable, undesirable, not worthy, looked down upon. They weren't even the last pick in the pickup game. But the angel comes to them. It's not what I expected. You, you mean the ones who are going to be the first to witness what we see later, the Savior, are people that are low? <laughs> you, you, you decide, the holy and righteous God decides to reveal himself to people who are low. Some people get it. Other of you, you really think you're better than you are. I'll drink to that. But I, I don't know about you, but I'll have my own, my own praise break. That he revealed himself to me. I can close the Bible and shut this iPad off because that's good enough for me. He revealed himself to me. He showed himself to me. He redeemed me. He set me free. He's the one who did not look beyond me. He looked at me and said, I'm going to take you. I am saving you. Here, here it is. You think that you're special. 
you think that he needed and you deserve him to rescue you. That's even twisted in and of itself. The fact that you need rescuing should prove that you need help. He reveals himself to low, humble people. Verse 9 says, Then the angel of the Lord stood before them, I love this part, and the glory of the Lord. The word for glory here is, can y'all guess? Doxa. It means radiance. It means greatness, splendor. But what radiance, greatness, and splendor is this? It's the Lord's radiance, greatness, and splendor. Here we go back to the sermon I preached a few, few weeks ago. When we are in the presence of the Lord, what is our response? The church is too comfortable with being around church and going to church and being with people. Pastor Kurt said last week, we make it comfortable for everybody. And the crazy part is, if we were following and reading our word, we would see that Jesus did the very opposite. I mean, the woman at the well. He, like, he, like he ain't jammed up, but he was like, he, it was enough to where she walked away and she was like, oh my goodness, I lost some blood. I've been cut up. Because he addressed her where she was. He called her out. What's beautiful is God gives them a sneak peek of what's to come. The glory of the Lord shone around them. But watch this. The response of the shepherd is fear. I'm afraid. Now, 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 let's go real quick to the role and responsibilities of the shepherd. The shepherd is, is kind of where we, we get our idea of how we, we pastor, right? It, we, we are supposed to lead, feed, know, care, and protect. That's our, that's our role of, of, as, as a shepherd, right? So, so this shepherd, these shepherds were out in, in, in the field, and they did just that. They led them the areas that were safe for them. And while they were there, they made sure the grass was good enough for them to eat. And so they, 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 they ate, they, they were fed. Here's another one. They knew what was going on with the sheep. Do y'all see where? Okay, okay. They took care of them. Pastor Guest will always call in somebody to make sure they're doing okay, take care of I just want y'all to see that we are actually doing what the shepherds did then. I'm just, just, whoo. Amen. Now that we're back. 
take care. But watch this. They were out there to protect. Now, now here's what's interesting. They would have known of danger that would try to take the sheep out. They would have been aware that there could have been some wolves out at night to devour the sheep. They would have been aware of bears and, and all type of wildlife that would try to take the sheep. They would have been aware. And so the fear level probably would have been on the lower, even though they, they probably would have had some of it, because I don't know how you go against a bear and you ain't got no fear. You know, I'm walking away. Amen. <laughs> but but here's, here's, here's what it says. It says they're filled with fear. They are overcome by fear because of the presence of the Lord. This fear is a reverent fear. It's acknowledgement that where I am is different. Where I'm standing. Ooh, this feels mighty nice. But I won't take advantage of where I am. Because not everybody gets to get a sneak peek of his glory. Here, here, here in the text, they, they, they are filled with fear. The, the, the shepherds are afraid. They are, they, they are afraid. But in the next verse, they're told, don't fear. What are you talking about? about what you that's like saying oh my goodness you about to get hit by a car but don't worry about it <laughs> like what like tell me to run like to escape push me out the way like this the angel say i know i know what you're experiencing looks very different but don't fear don't you be afraid now, I don't, I don't think that their fear was completely moved or removed. I think that they still had some fear there because what they were experiencing was unexpected. They, were, they, were, they could have probably guessed that there would have been some type of wildlife trying to come after them, but they could not have expected that they would be met by the presence of God. Yeah. And then I'm met with that, you, that I shouldn't be afraid? But, but here's, here's what I love uh, about God. He, he, he doesn't just leave it at, don't be afraid. He says, look, for I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Now, now imagine where they are now. I'm going to use my Holy Ghost imagination. Here it is. You didn't just tell me not to be afraid, but you said, why I shouldn't. So... I'm going to be honest and say, I'm a little less afraid now, but I'm still afraid. Because I don't know what exactly this is. I don't know what I'm actually experiencing. You, you have to see that, that, that a weight is, yes, indeed, lifted, but you have to also remember that these are real people. This is a real event. This is in real time with real emotions. There is a breath of release 
And then comes verse 11, which also gives another breath of release, of, of release why they also should not be afraid. Verse 11 says this. It says, today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. Savior, Messiah, Lord. Savior, Messiah, Lord. Savior, Messiah, Lord. Can we break it down for, for, for a quick second? Savior points to one who will deliver. Messiah points to Christ or the anointed one, one who is selected from others, who is set apart from others. Watch this. Then it says, Lord, which is the one we never like to acknowledge him as because it means master, owner, head overall. Now, before we get excited, we got to be students of the word. Amen? Amen. Now, these terms were not foreign to these shepherds. In all actuality, Augustus was considered a savior. He was considered a Messiah and a Lord. But, 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 but here's what is so interesting and beautiful about how God does things. He says, before you mistake this Savior, Messiah, and, and ruler, I want to help you see that I'm being very specific of who I'm talking about. I'm going to make it known to you who I'm referring to. This one brings good news of great joy. This one is not like the ones who ruled in the temple, in the palace. No, this one comes with some extra goodness, comes with some good, good news, comes with some joy attached to the news that I'm, this one is different than any of the others. They get specific and said, this will be a sign for you, verse 12. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth lying in a manger. Wait a second. I thought you said good news and great joy. A baby in a manger. I did my research. Can I share it with y'all? It's not a palace. It's not the Ritz-Carlton. It's not the Rittenhouse, it's not the Four Seasons, Motel 6, Holiday Inn, White House, Black House, My House, Your House. This one is placed, it's one of two places, a barn or a cave. The good news is in a, in a cave. Or, or a barn, and watch this, he's not even held by his mama. He ain't sitting on Joseph's lap. He's in a manger. Now, some of y'all think a manger is pretty. 
Some of y'all really think like, well, at least he was in a barn, but he was in a manger, though. Like, can I tell you what a manger is? A manger is what animals eat out of. Can you imagine the savior of the world sitting, I'm sorry, not sitting, lying in a place where drool from the animal's mouth is caked around the manger, where, where dried food is around the manger, where it, it might even smell bad. Because when you go down, they might have some foods might have fell back in there and they got mixed in with the good food and, and now it's just a, it's a pool of mess. But yet the, man, the, the one who is here to save me is in a manger. Stop jumping over parts of scripture like this. Because I think we just jump and we don't really take in the weight that the Savior who decided to save you humbles himself like no other and says, I'll go to a manger in a cold cave just to save you. I'll do it for you. I'll lay in here. I'll be taken care of for you. But I'm the one that created you. I'm the one that sustains your life. But I'll come as humble as I know how for you. He's in a manger. Sorry, I'm going to stop saying it. He's in a feeding trough. May we stop dressing up the nativity scene as something pretty and beautiful. May we stop making it so glorious when he wants you to experience how humble he was and how, how he, he asked you to have the same type of humility. May we stop dressing it up to make you feel good. To make you feel like, oh my goodness, he did come for me. Thank you, Jesus. And you just flippantly walk off without even going back to the word of God without seeking his face daily. May we stop making you comfortable in the church house because God came and he was in a manger. I'm sorry, a feeding trough. For you. I gotta move. This is not what I expected. This savior is a baby without a home. This Lord 
is lying in a feeding trough. And this is what I should take joy in. <laughs> Just, I want, you, I want you to imagine the shepherds hearing this. You want me to take joy in something that I probably clean out every day. And that there is a baby in a manger. Take joy in that? I, I, um, I got two illustrations here. I just thought of one just now, but I'm, I'm going to do both of them. Here, here's, here's one. Um, Eliana, my five-month-old, praise God, is uh, she got two chicklets coming on up. We thought it was early. I was like, okay, well, here it is. But y'all know it's more of a headache for the parents than it is for her. Because we got to hear her cry 24-7. Um, and she's just, just gnawing on everything. Um, but, 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 and, and the praise part, we were here. Uh, I don't know why we were here late. But we, we were sitting there. And I, we first acknowledged that they were coming in. And I said, you know, I made, made a funny, like, Instagram thing. Well, Pascal made a funny Instagram. And I was, and I was preaching to her. I said, you know, the, the thing that's going to come from your gums is going to help you to break down the food. And, but, but you got to go through some pain sometimes. And you got to go. And I was doing all that. And she was just looking at me like. <laughs> but, but it's true. Yeah. There, there is some growing pains that you go through. But it's beneficial for the long run. It, it's going to help you to when we move from solid or move from milk to solid foods that you have to be able to break down those things and we need your teeth to come in. But I know it's a pain in the season for you, but it's producing something that will help you in the future. I got another one. This one probably is going to get me, but I'm going to push anyway. This week, my family had to make a really hard decision. Uh, for the first time in a long time. Um, if you notice, my dad's not here. Um, man, part of the reason why um, I preach today is because my dad was a clear communicator. And um, he, uh, he was, he was going to be here. Um, they were actually trying to bring him on as pastor here. And he got up to, to preach his first sermon. And he stood here and he said, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I believe it was then that we found out that my dad had Alzheimer's. And it was beginning to take hold of him. Now, I'm his namesake. I love him to life. And so, um, literally, I got, this, I got this text maybe about a few weeks ago. Talk about joy. And I was excited. Man, I'm preaching about joy. And then the week comes. And I got. I had to preach about joy, but we, what we understood for a long time, and my mom tried to hold out, and I appreciate her for so much. She tried to hold out as long as she could until it just was getting bad. Yeah. So Thursday, we we had to send him away. And I, and I said, Lord, I don't know how you're going to want me to preach this text. 
I don't know how you want me to have joy. When every time I preached, if he wasn't sitting there, he was watching on TV. Every time he would, he would look up there, he would say, I'm so proud of him. But one of the things I realized that he didn't really know who I was. He had no idea. He thought I was his brother. He, he thought I was just a friend. And so, literally, what, what, what am I trying to say? I'm, I'm sitting up here, and I'm, I'm telling you, it, it looks dark. There is no delight in the darkness. It feels like there's no delight, D-E-L-I-G-H-T. It feels like there's no delight among the darkness, but can I tell you, there is. It's not what I expected. And some of you are sitting here, and it's not what you expected. Life is not what you thought it would be. You're hurting. You're broken. You're low. But there was one in a manger. who comes with good news of great joy. So cry your tears. Cry them. Just because your situation is not changing doesn't mean you can't experience joy. Today I choose joy. Not because something's going to miraculously change. But because I know for a fact that this world is not it. But I have to be honest and say that, that I still have to live here. I still have the brokenness. I still have the hurt. I still have the pain. So what do I do in the meantime? What do I do when life is smacking me to the ground? When there is one situation after another situation after another situation after another situation. What do I do when life is not ideal? I remember the manger. I remember that there is hope that comes to me. There's hope that feeds that 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 meets me, friends. The one who 
I can't see it. It's foggy. Lord Jesus. The one who is in a manger is worthy to be celebrated. At the, at the completion of, of, of verse, verse 12, literally it says, tightly in cloth, lying in a manger, and then soon as that last word gets out, it says, suddenly a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angels, they are praising God. And their response is this, glory to God. Glory to God who's in a feeding trough. Glory to God who is among the low. Not glory to God in the palace. Glory to God to the one who humbles himself before man and lives in a way that glorifies his father. Glory to God. Watch this. Glory to God in the highest. He, he, he's acknowledged, even though he's in the feeding trough, he's acknowledged in the highest heavens. But watch this. Some of us need a little something on earth. And so he says, I know how they are, so I'll give it to them. It says this, and peace on earth to the people he favors. I wish, I wish I could pull it the way I feel it in my heart. I, I, wish, I, I wish I really could. He says, he says they, 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 they said, I'll acknowledge you because you're still our Lord. But I'll also say that you're working down here with these little old people. It says, I'll give you peace on earth. What is the peace that he's given? He's given reconciliation between God and man. He's given Joy for you in the midst of your sorrow. Can I tell you something? Weep in May. Endure for a night. But joy comes in the morning. I came by to testify to you today that God is still at work. And he's still working. He's giving you peace. And you can rest in that because you got some joy. Because you got peace, you can have joy to skip through life. Even though there's obstacles, I dare you to look at your obstacle and say, it don't matter, I got peace that surpasses all understanding and I'll get through this. As long as I got God, I'll be all right. I came by to testify to you, it looks dark in your situation, but God is giving you a new peace. He's giving you joy in the midst of your sorrow. He's giving you hope for tomorrow. He's giving you himself. The one who was in a feeding trough. I got one minute and I'm done. One of the things, y'all can shout in a second. One of the things, one of the things I saw 
But I didn't mention to you, I saw as I was doing my study in this text, I saw that the shepherds would have been familiar with a part of this text. And I'm going to tell you where. It's, it's right here in verse, Lord Jesus, where is it? Here it is in verse 12. You will find a boy, a baby, wrapped tightly in cloth. I forgot to mention that, that these shepherds weren't just shepherds of a field. They were actually shepherds of the temple. And they would watch out for the sacrifices that would eventually go into the temple. They, 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 they to, to make sure that the, the sacrifice was acceptable, they would take the, the baby lambs and they would wrap them in cloth to protect them from getting hurt. Watch this, so that they could be a sacrifice for the people. What do you see in this text? I'm in my seat, but I feel happy today to testify that when they saw that, it brought joy to them because they knew that the one who was wrapped in a feeding trough would then be the sacrifice for their sins. And I came by to let you know that we get to celebrate a God who was wrapped, who was not, who had no blemish, who, who was perfect in all of his ways, who, who, who raised the dead, who, who, who helped the blinded eyes see. He, 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 he delivered those from their iniquities. But watch this, one dark Friday night. Woo! Yes, help me, Holy Ghost. He, he, he went, he, 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 was, he was marched up a hill, yeah. And, and when he got up that hill, he, they, they, they put him on a cross. And they, they put nails in his hand. And they put nails in his feet. I'm going to close it like I feel it. Yes. Uh, and uh, they put a crown of thorns uh, on his head. And... Uh, Yes, uh, can I get a witness uh, who's happy in the house today uh, that they put nails uh, in his hands and they put nails uh, in his feet, a crown of thorns uh, on his head uh, and he stayed there. Uh, yes, uh, but he spoke some words to you and I. He said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. But what you can hold on today is that this thing, this man Jesus Christ brings joy, unspeakable joy. He brings hope for your tomorrow. He brings joy for your sorrow. And I'm testifying today that the God who was in a feeding trough, yes, did not stop there. But I'm glad that he, they hung him high and they stretched him wide. They bowed his head and for me he died. But I wish I could tell the story, but I gotta go now. They took him off the cross and they laid him in a borrowed tomb. And all night Friday, it was quiet. All night Saturday, it was quiet. But I got joy, I got joy. Cause early, early, early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hand. And because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, 
all fear is gone because I know I can face the future because he lives. It's because he lives. Make way for the one who came I know what it feels like to have expectations that are not met. Watch this. This doesn't make God any less God. This doesn't make him any less powerful any less holy just because you're going through doesn't mean that you have to go through it by yourself just because it's not ideal for you just because life did not give you everything it wanted everything you wanted it to give you there's joy because of Christ and Christ alone. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to pray specifically for those who are in what feels like a dark situation. You are tired, you are stressed, there's no rest, you're depressed. But I wanna share something with you today. That one day, the one who was in a feeding trough will come back and make everything right. The sick body, he'll heal. The memory that is lost, he'll restore. The marriage that is on its fringes, he'll give you peace to work through some things. He can do that now. There's some things that he wants to do now. Saying, rest in me. 
Yes, there is a future hope that we have, but there is some implications now that we can experience. And, and, and here's, here's what he promises, that he'll never leave you. We, we throw this verse out, he'll never leave you nor forsake you, but it's, it's true, he will never leave you. It's not a part of his character. It's not a part of his makeup. It's not a part of his rule, his rule and his reign. It's not a part of it. He will always be consistent. And so dark situations. We say now that we have a God who is greater than you. To the hurt, to the pain, there is a God who gives us peace even when nothing changes. Father, I pray now for the brokenhearted. I pray that you would bring shalom to them now. Isaiah says, he'll keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on him. Lord, I pray that we would see that there is peace in your presence. There is joy in your presence. There is grace and mercy in your presence. You alone are there. What more can we ask for? Lord, I pray that you would bless and keep your people. Would you smile on them and would you lavish them with peace? Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, this is Dr. Eric Mason, founder and pastor of Epiphany Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully the word of God was a blessing to you. Also, if you want to help us build the kingdom from Philly and beyond, particularly in inner cities, partner with us today. And if you don't know Jesus as Savior, based on his death, burial, and resurrection, place your confidence in him and go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Tune in next time so we can see you go from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. God bless you. Take care. We love you.